About 4,000 years ago, oxen were domesticated and began to serve as beasts of burden. They were trained to carry heavy loads or perform other, other heavy work. And for the vast majority of those 4,000 years, oxen were needed for farming and transportation and, and all kinds of things. What made oxen so sufficient was a tool called the yoke. They would be yoked together in pairs, and a yoke was this wooden crossbeam fastened over their necks and attached to the plow or the cart they were pulling. Uh, the yoke enabled the oxen to pull together on a heavy load uh, when they were working. Now, in this country, there hasn't been large amounts of working oxen since the 19th century. There are still places in the world uh, that have working oxen, but, but the United States is not one of them. And so perhaps our lack of familiarity with this dynamic is why we can easily miss the paradoxical nature of our Lord's words in the gospel today. In our gospel, Jesus speaks about us taking his yoke upon ourselves. Uh, and yokes would have been associated with beasts of birth, burden, such as oxen. Yet Christ says he wants us to take our yoke upon ourselves in the context of wanting to give us rest. You know, if the goal is to give us rest, why even ask us to take upon ourselves a yoke of any kind? I mean, how can the yoke, something which for the majority of human history would have been a very clear symbol of harsh, harsh physical labor, how could that provide relief and rest? Put simply, the lesson Jesus is conveying is a paradox. Our English word paradox comes from a Greek word, paradoxon, which means uh, something contrary to received opinion or expectation. And so a paradox is a statement which at first glance seems clearly absurd because it runs counter to the received opinion or general expectation. Yet upon closer examination, it turns out to be true. And in the Catholic faith, there are plenty of paradoxes that God became man, that the first shall be last, the meek shall inherit the earth, and on and on, right? Really, we see paradoxes all over our readings today. In our first reading, we hear a prophecy about a humble savior, a great king whose strength is his humility, who rides into town not on a mighty steed, but on a colt. This is the very op opposite of nearly every cultural expectation. The world says a king's strength is in his army, in, in his ability to bend others to his will. Yet Zechariah prophesies the very opposite. And then in our second reading, St. Paul tells us, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. This is essentially what Christ teaches in the Gospels when he says, whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. This is the very opposite of worldly wisdom, which says if we live according to the flesh, then we will truly be alive. And then, of course, we have the paradoxical saying of Christ from our gospel uh, about taking his yoke upon ourselves and finding rest. We'll get to what this saying of Christ means, but first, let's ask the question, why so many paradoxes? Perhaps Christ answer. Perhaps Christ himself answers this question uh, in the beginning of our gospel, when he said, I give praise to you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, for although you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, you have revealed them to the little ones. The little ones, those who are humble, who recognize the infinite grandeur of God and our own littleness. They are the ones who keep in mind that God's ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts that as high as the heavens are above the earth, so higher God's thoughts above our thoughts, his ways above our ways. The wise and the learned of the world, 
look at the paradoxes of Christ and see something foolish. The wise and the learned of the world think that our intellects are the rule and measures of reality. And so the paradoxes of Christ remain hidden to them. But to the little ones, the humble, they encounter the paradox, uh, the paradoxes of the gospel, and they are awakened by wonder and catch a glimpse of divine wisdom and truth. Yet really, this is a tragedy for the wise and learned of the world, for they too suffer and labor under the burden of this fallen world where sin, suffering, and death is the norm. When Christ says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, he is referring to all of us because we are all fallen, strain, uh, all fallen creatures living in a fallen world. Both the wise and the little ones are subject to suffering and death in this life. And we see this, right, because today when we, we typically use the term burden to mean some problem, some issue that oppressively weighs heavily on our mind and soul. I'm sure we all can recall a time we felt burdened, where we faced some difficulty that weighed us down, you know, whether it be a health concern or financial, whether it be the loss of a loved one or guilt over sin or any number of things. And of course, the year 2020 has uh, provided a number of difficulties which could be described as burdensome. The point is, in this fallen world, we all, little ones and the wise and the learned, we labor under the burden of sin, suffering, and death. Yet today, Christ is inviting both uh, the little ones and the wise and learned of the world to come to him so that we might have rest. That means taking up something which at first sounds like the very opposite of rest, the yoke of Christ. Taking upon the yoke of Christ is a call to discipleship, to allow Christ and his teachings to inform our lives. There was a time, uh, there was a tradition at the time of Christ that saw a yoke as a metaphor for religious instruction. But, I mean, it, I think we would be missing the point if we took this to mean simply that Christ and his church, uh, that we need to learn what Christ and his church teach, important though that is. No, we need to interiorize Christ's teaching. To interiorize his teaching means to make it our own, to make the teaching of Christ and his church the rule and guide of our life. And when we allow that instruction to be interiorized, then the burdens of this life, they don't go away, but they become lighter and easier to bear. You know, when we interiorize the instruction of Christ, if we are burdened by the guilt of sin, we can trustingly go and receive the mercy of God in the sacrament of reconciliation. When we interiorize the instruction of Christ, then if, if we are plagued by worry and anxiety, we instinctively entrust ourselves to our Heavenly Father, um, the one who uh, Christ tells us has numbered the hairs on our head. The yoke of Christ refers to this instruction that our Lord wants to give us, but it also bears a resemblance to the cross, the cross which we must all embrace if we want to follow after our Lord. Even when we live the Christian life, even when we interiorize his instruction, we will still face burdens, anxieties, and sufferings. We will still face the cross. Yet the cross is itself also a paradox. The cross, which seemed the ultimate demise of Jesus of Nazareth, was actually his greatest victory in ours. And when God permits us to endure some suffering, some cross, he sends it to us with love, odd as that is to hear. He sends his cross with love, for the cross is a royal road leading to heaven. The cross is a crucible which can transform us into the saints he created us to be. Yet the yoke of Christ ought to console us, even as we are asked to carry the cross, for just as oxen were yoked in pairs, 
so too is the case with our crosses. In fact, even Jesus did not carry the burden of the Holy Cross alone, but he carried it with the help of Simon of Cyrene. Likewise, Christ doesn't ask us to bear the burdens and worries of our life alone, to bear our crosses alone, but to do it in union with him. He shares our burdens. So today, let us resolve to be counted among the little ones, those humble souls who embrace the paradoxes of faith, who see the divine wisdom in the paradoxical teachings of our Lord. And let us embrace the yoke of Christ. Let us receive his instruction and make it our own. And let us embrace our cross in union with Christ so that we might experience the rest Christ wants to give us both now and in eternity.